0: So JR, a big name came up last week as a possible candidate for Ron Johnson's US Senate seat next year. Longtime Democratic Congressman Ron Kind of La Crosse indicated he might run. He said he'd think about it down the line. Kind narrowly won his seat in, in Kind narrowly won his seat in the House in November, beating Republican Derek Van Orden, a political newcomer by only 2 percentage points. If Kine decides to run, do you think he can beat Ron Johnson if Johnson decides to run for a third term?
1: I mean, possibly, but there are a lot of uh, hurdles before that. Number one, um, Ron, Ron Kine, I'm sorry, has floated running for statewide office a number of times in the past two decades and never pulled the trigger. So there's some question whether he would this time. One thing people are watching for is what does his district look like after the next round of redistricting? Remember that. At some point, we're going to have new lines for legislative and congressional districts in Wisconsin, more likely to be done by a court. Um, if Ron Kine's seat gets more Republican, maybe he look at running statewide. If he gets more Democratic, you know, it becomes a safer seat for him. That might play into his decision as well. There's also already uh, several candidates that are in the race for U.S. Senate. The longer that Ron Kine would wait to make a decision, the farther he might fall behind the others who are already, you know, laying the foundation, you know, there's been an issue for Ron Kine with the Democratic base in Wisconsin because he's not quite where they are on some issues, especially with trade. He's more of a kind of a free trade Democrat. So there have been questions for a long time if he could win a Democratic primary uh, because of those issues. But he's a, been a good fit for the Western Wisconsin seat for a long time. He's a little more moderate than a uh, Madison, Milwaukee are. But again. Um, Maybe he's talking about it now, but it's a big step between talking about it and actually pulling the trigger and, and running, it, launching a bid for U.S. Senate.
0: Also last week, Republican state Senators Dewey Strobel and Alberta Darling introduced a sweeping election reform package. It includes limiting the number of people who may declare themselves indefinitely confined so they don't have to provide an ID while voting by mail and it would put a stop to events held outside of clerks' offices where voters can request and cast absentee ballots. It's an apparent reference to the Democracy in the Parks events that were held in Madison last summer leading up to the presidential election. Democratic Governor Tony Evers has some election reform ideas of his own, and they include expansion of early voting. Which ideas do you think will win out?
1: Right now, it's unlikely that anything is going to get done um, substantial because Governor Evers and Republican lawmakers don't agree on proposed changes. I mean, remember, you've seen these bills come out from Republican lawmakers. A lot of them reflect the feeling, frustration, kind of pick whatever word you want, the Republicans feel about how the 2020 election was run. Again, there's no evidence of, you know, that this election was stolen from Donald Trump in Wisconsin, that machines flip ballots from, you know, Donald Trump to Joe Biden or things like that there is a legitimate question or conversation to have about, okay, the Elections Commission has given clerks advice that they can fill in missing information on the absentee ballot envelopes from witnesses, you know, like a missing zip code or things like that. Do they have the authority to do that? it's a legitimate question to ask with indefinitely confined voters, you know, is the way the law is being used, is it in line with the original intent of that law? Conversation that definitely can be had. My impression is more that this is a sign of what Republicans would do if they won back the governor's office and had full control of state government again, as long as Tony Evers is there, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but, you know, something to keep an eye on if they could agree on a smaller bill, like processing absentee ballots, you know, before the election day, because right now you can't even be you know, opening them until the polls open election day, that might be something that, you know, could get done. Um, but I get the impression that Republicans might want to roll everything into one big bill, kind of an omnibus package, and if they do that, there's no way that Evers is going to sign these things, even if some stuff that he likes, like, allowing the processing of ballots earlier, he's not going to sign a bill that includes things like more restrictions on absentee ballots. He's just not going to do that.
0: In another development, Republican State Senator Patrick Teston has introduced a bill that would require the National Anthem to be played at all sporting events in Wisconsin that are funded, at least partly, by public money. The National Anthem has been a hot-button issue for years, ever since Colin Kaepernick, who was an NFL quarterback at the time, began kneeling during the event. More recently, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban announced that the National Anthem wouldn't be played before the start of his team's games. So do you think this will be a contentious issue in our state legislature?
1: Yeah, I just don't know right now. It's, it's only been introduced uh, and circulated for co-sponsorship. We haven't really seen if GOP leadership will get behind it. We haven't seen a response from Governor Evers yet about the bill. So it's hard to say what his prospects are, but it's something you often see in state politics where there's an issue nationally that um, somebody can make hay about with driving a message about what he or she thinks should be happening back in Wisconsin, and they produce a bill like this. So, again, I just don't know for sure if this bill is going to go very far uh, because we haven't seen leadership uh, really comment on it, we haven't seen what Governor Evers has to say about it.
0: And finally, a mask flap is shaping up at the state capitol. It happens after legislative leaders scrapped virtual meetings and ordered members back to the floor for in-person sessions. Many Republicans don't wear masks during these sessions, while nearly every Democrat wears a face covering. There are now growing calls from Democrats during floor sessions pleading with their GOP counterparts to put on masks. One even asked Senator Alberta Darling, who now wears a mask, she says, out of respect for her colleagues' request, if she could ask the rest of the GOP caucus to do the same. But she said no. So what do you make of this and how do you think it'll be resolved?
1: No, you know, one, it's not going to be resolved because Republicans are in charge. Um, they get to kind of uh, you know, push the policies that they want because they run the state legislature. But really, this is basically a reflection of how masks have become political. I mean, you know, we saw this during the 2020 campaign that um, there was a perception that Donald Trump had sent a message that masks weren't necessarily needed. There have been Republicans who have kind of balked at the prospect of the various mask mandates Governor Evers has put in place. So... It's become a political issue and you're seeing a reflection of that. I mean, a lot of the Republican lawmakers come from more rural, uh, out-state districts that uh, don't have mask mandates being enforced at the local level. They personally don't believe that uh, they're required, some of them, and so you're seeing a reflection of what is really happening out there in the public right now where you're not seeing a uniform policy about masks around the state and it's become sort of a political issue. It's just a reflection of that.
0: That's Wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.